All rise. All rise. The Honorable Chief Justice and, and Associate, Associate Justices, Justices of the Supreme Court. Court of North Carolina. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. The Supreme Court of North All Carolina. All of has our citizens across the state depend upon us to uphold and protect both the spirit and the letter of the law and to always apply the law fairly and impartially to every litigant who comes before this court. God save the state and this honorable court. Hello, welcome to All Things Judicial, a podcast of the North Carolina Judicial Branch. I'm Chris Mears with the Judicial Branch Communications Office. In this special bonus episode, we visit with Dean Rich Leonard at the Campbell University School of Law. There, he gave us a tour of the exhibit honoring North Carolina's African-American judges. The exhibit, which first opened in 2019, is entitled First African-Americans on the North Carolina Bench and features a timeline of the lives and achievements of each judge and justice from 1968 through 2006. Stay with us as we tour the exhibit and keep all things judicial. I'm Chris Mears with the All Things Judicial podcast, and we are here at Campbell Law School. I'm with Dean Leonard. Dean Leonard, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Chris. Thanks for dropping by to talk with us this afternoon. This is a real treat coming down here. Um, You have an exhibit that you'd like to share with us. We do. Um, I'm in my ninth year as Dean here, and when I came uh, to this beautiful building, uh, it was endless white walls going everywhere. And I set about trying to figure out what we could put on them that wouldn't just put something on the walls, but would put something that meant something. Uh, As examples to my students, uh, we started with a parallel exhibit called the First Ladies of the North Carolina Judiciary, which is on the hall back here. Uh, But that got such a great response that I began to think about uh, another group of North Carolinians who probably had even a harder time in making the jump from the bar to the bench. Uh, so we began theorizing about an exhibit of the first African-Americans who first got to every level of courts in North Carolina at the state and federal level. I worked with a terrific librarian uh, of mine, Adrian DeWitt, who is just a brilliant archivist. And first we had to get the history right. Uh, there wasn't any guidebook that said these are the first African-American judges in North Carolina. So we then went out after we figured out we could do it and we started collecting, even from the families themselves, uh, all archival original documentation about the careers of these particular uh, judges. And it wasn't cheap, so uh, I went to my alumni association, uh, it's very vibrant here, and said this is gonna cost some money Uh, I need y'all to stroke a considerable check uh, for us to put this together in the way it's uh, going to be put together. And when that wasn't quite enough, I went down the street to our friends at North State Bank and said, I need a little more. So uh, all together, we cost about $35,000 to build this and get it put up in the right way. But uh, it's it's a real monument. Uh, We had the dedication, I guess, right before COVID hit. uh, And... All of the judges who are still living came back, uh, and uh, it was quite a reunion. Even uh, Judge Chess, who lives in High Point, he's in his late 80s, a bit of a rock star uh, with the African-American legal community in North Carolina. So it was, uh, it was great to have him here. Um, and um, 
I think this first judge uh, is pretty impressive. Uh, she married later in life, but she was Judge Alexander, as we all knew her, and I grew up in the neighboring county, and in 1968, just astounded uh, that a black woman had gotten elected a judge in North Carolina in Greensboro. Uh, and she is very clever, uh, because in those days, uh, the judges ran as a slate. And I think in that election, there were four vacant judgeships in Guilford County, so the top four vote-getters got the judgeships. And she very smartly ran as a Republican. And so the African-Americans and the Republicans came together to swing her into third place on the ballot. And so uh, she got her judgeship. Uh, and in the brutal history of North Carolina, the next year the legislature changed the way we elected judges so we elected to single seats. Uh, so this could never happen again, uh, and it didn't for a long, long time. And uh, where is she from? She's, fr uh, she's from Greensboro, but she went to law school at Columbia. She was one of the first African-American women to ever go north to law school. Uh, but she was beloved. She won twice more in a single-seat district in her own right. So she sat as a judge until she retired and went into private practice with her second husband. Uh, but... Uh, and my friends uh, who grew up in Greensboro said one of the most fun things they would ever do uh, before the internet and social media is they would go down and watch Judge Alexander in the courtroom because <laughs> it was a show every day. <laughs> um, and then uh, three years later, uh, Sammy Chess, who was uh, a very prominent lawyer in High Point and a very controversial civil rights lawyer, uh, and he was appointed by uh, Judge, uh, by Governor Robert Scott. As I said earlier, Judge Chess uh, was and is still a legend uh, in uh, North Carolina. He was an administrative law judge for many years after he was a, uh, here in Raleigh, after he was a judge in High Point. But he was the first uh, Superior Court African-American judge in North Carolina. And then Bob Scott, Again, names another prominent African-American to the bench. Uh, Judge Johnson became the first African-American uh, chief district court judge. And then uh, uh, Governor Hunt promotes him uh, to the uh, Superior Court. I hope you're enjoying Dean Rich Leonard discuss Campbell Law School's first African-Americans on the North Carolina bench exhibit. Did you know Campbell Law has their own podcast? The Campbell Law Reporter is a podcast that strives to expand the university's mission to lead with purpose by reporting with purpose. CLR hopes to breathe new life into the dusty reporters on the shelves by reporting content through captivating discussion. You can find the Campbell Law Reporter on your preferred podcast platform. And this is the one I know best. Um, judge Irwin uh, became uh, the first federal judge in North Carolina, uh, first federal district judge. Uh, he's from Winston-Salem. Uh, he was first appointed uh, to the appeals court. He was the first African-American ever on the North Carolina Court of Appeals. Uh, and then uh, in, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to get the year right here, but um, in 77, I believe, yeah, right there it is. Uh, he was uh, nominated by President Carter as the first uh, African-American district judge in North Carolina. 
to sit in Winston-Salem. Um, and I knew him because I clerked for the federal district judge here in Raleigh from 76 to 78, just as Judge Ir Irwin was coming to the bench. So we would see each other at judicial conferences and meetings and uh, got to know each other quite a bit. Had a lovely career. He was the chief judge of the Middle District of North Carolina for the uh, last part of his career and uh, eminently respected. And I believe I'm right that the federal courthouse in Winston is named for him. So, um, and then uh, one of the legends of North Carolina that we all know who's still very much with us uh, is Henry Fry. Uh, Henry was the first African-American appointed to the North Carolina Supreme Court, and then he became uh, the first African-American Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court. Uh, and uh, he uh, is quite a legend, and he's still very active. He's still, I saw him interviewed recently by his granddaughter, who's a lawyer at a judicial conference, so he's quite something. Uh, his lovely wife tells the story that on the day uh, that they got married, he had tried to register to vote and he had failed the literacy test because of the arcane questions that got asked of African-Americans. And she said as they were going down the aisle, that's all he could mumble about. And she said, Henry, could you focus on something else today? <laughs> so, uh, so they had quite a good time. Um, Cy Grant was the first, you know, North Carolina and the Superior Courts, we don't call the chief judge the chief judge like we do in the federal courts. Uh, we call them the senior resident. Uh, and uh, so Cy, back down on the coast, uh, he is the, was the first African-American to ever, in a sense, run a Superior Court, to be the first resident Superior Court judge. And uh, Cy is still very much there, I think he's still sitting. I'm, I could be wrong. He might have retired recently, but he had a long career down on the coast. And then, uh, it, what, um, remarkably, it was not until 2003 that an African-American from North Carolina got to the Federal Court of Appeals. You know, we're looking at 20, you know, 77 to 2003, mm -hmm. 2077 for the North Carolina Court of Appeals, 2003. Uh, it was not for want of trying. Uh, President uh, Clinton nominated two very prominent African-Americans, uh, Judge Jim Beatty from Winston-Salem and Judge Jim Wynn from here, uh, to the United States Court of Appeals when he was uh, president, but Senator Helms was having none of it. So he held the blue slip for both gentlemen, and uh, neither of them got there then, although uh, President Obama rectified it uh, with uh, Judge Wynn and he is the senior North Carolinian right now on the Court of Appeals. But in 2003, my good buddy and wonderful judge, Allison Duncan, uh, who herself had uh, been on the North Carolina Court of Appeals and then gone back into private practice, uh, was nominated by uh, President uh, Bush, and she had near universal support from the North Carolina Bar. Uh, Senator Edwards was the Democratic senator who could have blocked her, but instead he uh, knew her from practice and took her to her hearing, and she was, uh, you know, and introduced her with his support, to, and I think she was confirmed on a unanimous voice vote. Uh, and she served there until last year, where she uh, took senior status. And, um, and then, uh, 
one of the all-time legends uh, of North Carolina uh, judiciary is uh, Justice Timmons Goodson. And we put her here because she's the only African-American to serve at every level. She was a trial judge, an appellate judge, and a Supreme Court justice. Uh, and she uh, is, again, a legend in uh, the jurisprudence of North Carolina. Still very much with us. You probably recall she ran for Congress last time and got very close to winning a congressional seat. Uh, she was actually nominated uh, by President Obama for the United States District Court. Uh, but again, politics, as it often is in North Carolina, came into play and uh, some Republican senators held her blue slip, so she never got a confirmation hearing and uh, never got to that seat. And, uh, and that's a shame in my view, uh, because number one, she's fabulous, and number two, uh, she's from Fayetteville. And we have this enormous federal courthouse down in Fayetteville where we have never had a resident judge to stay for long. And she would have made a real presence in that part of the state, I think, if, uh, if she'd been able to get confirmed. Um, but, you know, she's still good humored about it. Um, so we're very proud of this. Um, now what we did, uh, this obviously is the, the permanent exhibit, but uh, we made a stanchion for each judge, a mobile exhibit of this exhibit. And it's been touring the state. Uh, it's been over in the uh, Wake County Courthouse lobby twice. Uh, it was in the St. Augustine Library here for uh, a month or so. Uh, it's at Fayetteville State now in their library for Black History Month. Uh, and it's going to Mecklenburg County through the lobby of the Mecklenburg County Courthouse uh, next month for a couple of months. So, uh, and it gets great reviews every place it goes because these are really fascinating people that folks don't know much about. And uh, when you come to a courthouse, it's fun to have something interesting to look at. Well, Dean Leonard, this has been an exceptional um, exhibit. Thank you so much for this private tour of the exhibit. I'm sure our listeners were uh, very intrigued. And our listeners can go online on our website or on our YouTube channel to see a video and pictures of the exhibit. Thank you again for your time. And we do invite people just to come in. Tell, you know, we're, uh, we're not a public building, but if you tell our security guard that you'd like to see the African-American judges exhibit, we'll say come right on in. And please come down and check it out. It surely is a beautiful exhibit, very informative, um, a lot of artifacts on the wall here, well worth your trip. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to All Things Judicial, a podcast from the North Carolina Judicial Branch. You can find out more about the Judicial Branch by visiting nccourts.gov. If you like our podcast, please share it with a friend and give it a five-star rating and review. Your help is essential to sharing the important work of the judicial branch. Special thanks to the Campbell University School of Law and Dean Rich Leonard. You can arrange a personal visit at the exhibit by visiting Campbell University School of Law in Raleigh. I'm Chris Mears with the Judicial Branch Communications Office, and I'm reminding you to keep all things judicial. Thanks for listening.